0: Mexico's President Andrés Manuel López Obrador is a very brave man. I've done a series of reports looking at the statements that he has made condemning U.S. meddling in his country. U.S. politicians, largely Republicans in the Congress, are proposing an invasion of Mexico, introducing legislation to attack their southern neighbor ostensibly in order to fight drug cartels. And in response, Mexican President López Obrador, known by the acronym AMLO, has been condemning U.S. meddling and intervention in his country. In March, AMLO organized a massive rally in the heart of Mexico City, condemning U.S. meddling and declaring that Mexico is not a U.S. colony. But that was just one example of Mexico's President AMLO defending his country's sovereignty. This May, AMLO sent a public letter to U.S. President Joe Biden condemning Washington for funding right wing opposition groups in his country that have organized protests and tried to destabilize the democratically elected government. AMLO said this form of U.S. meddling in Mexico's internal affairs violates international law. And he said it is arrogant and very offensive, and he could no longer stay quiet about it. I also have an article explaining all of this over at geopoliticaleconomy.com, and I will link to that in the description below for people who want to fact check me and get access to all of the sources that I'll be discussing today. Now, the U.S. government has a very long history of meddling in Mexico, going back to 1846, in which the United States invaded Mexico and launched a war of aggression. And in 1848, the United States stole the northern half of Mexico, colonizing the land and turning it into the modern day states of California and Texas and Arizona and New Mexico. That's why it's called New Mexico. And that that intervention has continued for decades in fact four mexican presidents that we know of were cia assets according to official documents we have from the cia showing that at least four mexican presidents in the the past few decades were working for the cia however things changed in december 2018 with the inauguration of mexico's first left-wing president in decades. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, known as AMLO. And he has done a reversal. He announced the end to what he said, the neoliberal nights or neoliberal nightmare that has dominated Mexico for decades. He announced new progressive economic policies, including massively increasing social spending for poor and working class Mexicans. The minimum wage has drastically increased. It has skyrocketed under AMLO's presidency. And most important of all, he has reasserted national control over Mexico's natural resources. Not only the oil, which he renationalized, the previous neoliberal governments, especially the former US-backed President Enrique Peña Nieto, had partially privatized the state-owned oil industry. AMLO renationalized the oil. He also nationalized Mexico's large lithium reserves. And lithium has been referred to as a white gold and is very important for technologies that are used, that use batteries. So cars, electric cars, Phones, laptops, cameras, and as the world transitions to renewable energies, lithium is going to be very important in the green revolution, the green transition, if you will. And more recently, AMLO has also been renationalizing the electrical grid in Mexico that had been privatized to a Spanish corporation. He's been buying back state control over the electrical grid. So he is through and through a leftist nationalist politician and he's been condemning the United States for constantly violating his country's sovereignty and meddling in internal Mexican affairs. Now in this letter that AMLO's office sent to US President Biden on May 2nd, He specifically singles out a U.S. government organization known as USAID, the U.S. Agency for International Development. This is a notorious CIA cutout that has been used to fund regime change operations around the world. I'm going to come back to that point in a second here. But first, I'm going to play a clip of Amlo's speech in a press conference on May 3rd in which he read out parts of the letter. In the video version of this episode, which I linked to in the description below, I show the clips from the AMLO press conference with English language subtitles. But for the podcast version, I'll just read out what AMLO wrote. Quote, for a while, the government of the United States, in particular, the U.S. Agency for International Development, has funded groups openly opposed to the legal and legitimate government that I represent which is without a doubt an act of interventionism violating international law and the respect that there should be between free and sovereign states. Moreover, a few days ago, it was announced that said agency will increase the budget given to organizations opposed to our government, as appears published on the official website of the State Department. End quote. Now, there are many right-wing opposition groups in Mexico that organize protests against AMLO's government and try to destabilize the elected government that have been funded by USAID, the CIA cutout. One of the most well-known examples is a group called Mexicanos contra la Corrupción y la Impunidad, which stands for Mexicans Against Corruption and Impunity. And this is a right-wing group that was... Founded by a multi-millionaire oligarch named Claudio X Gonzalez. He is one of the main wealthy oligarchs who opposes AMLO and has been organizing protests for years. This oligarch, Gonzalez, also created a right-wing political opposition alliance that is called Sí por México, and President AMLO pointed out that he used a logo that is very similar to the logo used by the fascist dictator of Chile, Augusto Pinochet. And he's not the only one. There are also other organizations that have been funded by USAID, including media outlets, by the way, that constantly attack AMLO and his progressive social policies and economic policies of support for the poor and nationalization of strategic natural resources. Now, despite its name, the U.S. Agency for International Development is very much not a humanitarian organization. It has a scandalous history. In the 1980s, USAID was used as a CIA front to send weapons to the far-right contra terror group in Nicaragua, which the CIA created and trained and funded to try to violently overthrow the revolutionary Sandinista government in Nicaragua. And the Los Angeles Times reported in 1987, quote, Oliver North and other Reagan administration aides deliberately used a 1986 program of humanitarian aid for Nicaraguan rebels to help support the secret effort to deliver military aid to the Contras. And they specifically said, U.S. officials said, that Oliver North and the CIA used the so-called humanitarian aid program as a piggyback operation wherever they could get away with it in order to send this these weapons and other material to the Contra death squads. The Contras were notorious for using terrorism against civilians, torturing people, burning down schools and hospitals, all with the funding of the U.S. government. And in 1986, the United Nations International Court of Justice at The Hague ruled that the U.S. government violated international law in carrying out these acts of aggression against Nicaragua and Washington owes Nicaragua billions of dollars in reparations and the United States refused to, to this day, it has refused to pay Nicaragua that money. And that's certainly not the only example. In 2019, the United States backed a coup attempt against Venezuela's democratically elected leftist Chavista government, and USAID was an organization that worked very closely with the military, the Pentagon, and specifically on February 23rd, 2019, USAID and the Pentagon worked with right-wing extremists over in Colombia to try to violently push material across the Venezuelan border, violating Venezuelan sovereignty, and they claimed it was humanitarian aid, However, the United Nations and the International Red Cross said it was not humanitarian aid and even USAID itself admitted in an internal audit in 2021 that the operation violated humanitarian commitments. USAID is not a humanitarian organization. It is a CIA front that is used to try to destabilize independent governments where Washington wants regime change, especially foreign governments that have leftist leaders. Now, another US government organization that has funded right-wing opposition groups in Mexico is the National Endowment for Democracy, NED, which is also a CIA cutout The Washington Post admitted this in a 1991 article titled, Innocence Abroad, The New World of Spyless Coups. This article boasted of how U.S. government-backed organizations carried out a series of coups in the former Soviet Union in 1991. One of the key organizations that was involved in funding these U.S.-backed coups was the NED. The Washington Post wrote, quote, The sugar daddy of overt operations has been the national endowment for democracy, which is funded by the U.S. Congress. Through the late 1980s, it did openly what had once been unspeakably covert, dispensing money to anti-communist forces behind the Iron Curtain. And that did not end in the 1980s, despite what this article implies. The NED has continued funding right-wing pro-capitalist, anti-communist groups around the world to support US foreign policy interests and especially to organize regime change operations. The Washington Post article quoted one of the co-founders of the NED, Alan Weinstein, who said, quote, a lot of what we do today was done covertly 25 years ago by the CIA. So this is a co-founder of the National Endowment for Democracy admitting that this is basically a CIA cutout. Now, another CIA-backed group that has been used to fund right-wing opposition groups in Mexico and in other parts of the world is the Ford Foundation. And the journalist Frances Stoner Saunders showed in her book, The Cultural Cold War, just how close the Ford Foundation is to the CIA. She described both the Ford Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation as conscious instruments of covert U.S. foreign policy with directors and officers who were closely connected to or even members of American intelligence. She said the Ford Foundation was simply an extension of government in the area of international cultural propaganda that was closely involved in covert actions in Europe, working closely with the Marshall Plan and CIA officials. She added that the Ford Foundation's board was packed with cultural cold warriors, and they were also closely linked to Wall Street. So the powerful corporate interests in the United States, working hand in glove with the CIA to try to overthrow communism and socialism around the world and advance the interests of Western capitalists. And still today, the Ford Foundation is continuing to fund these anti-communist pro-imperialist groups in Mexico and across the world in dozens of countries. Now, it's no secret for anyone who has studied Latin American history that the United States has for a long time, for many decades, funded right-wing groups across the region to try to destabilize and overthrow left-wing elected governments. The US has backed coups all across the region, the most famous coup d'etat, was the CIA's 9-11 attack in 1973, in which it overthrew the democratically elected socialist president of Chile, Salvador Allende, and installed a fascist dictatorship led by the far-right military dictator, Augusto Pinochet. In 1954, the CIA organized a coup that overthrew Guatemala's democratically elected left-wing president, Jacobo Arbenz, because he was redistributing land to the poor, challenging corporate interests of US companies like United Fruit. A decade later in 1964, the CIA backed a fascist military coup that overthrew Brazil's democratically elected left-wing president and installed a fascist military dictatorship. And the same story happened in Argentina and Paraguay and countries all across the region. More recently, in the past few years, we see that the U.S. has continued backing these far-right coups against elected left-wing leaders in Latin America. In 2014 and 2017, the U.S. backed violent coup attempts in Venezuela. And then in 2019, the U.S. tried this coup attempt with Juan Guaido. In 2018, the U.S. backed a violent coup attempt to try to overthrow Nicaragua's democratically elected Sandinista government. In 2019, the U.S. successfully sponsored a fascist-led coup against the elected president of Bolivia, Evo Morales. The U.S. backed judicial coups, political coups in 2016 and 2018 in Brazil against Dilma Rousseff and Lula da Silva of the Workers' Party. And in December of 2022, most recently, the U.S. backed a political coup against the Democratically elected left wing president of Peru, Pedro Castillo. Following that, the unelected right wing coup regime massacred dozens of protesters who were largely of indigenous descent from poor rural areas. Now, before I conclude here, I just want to reflect on how historic Lopez Obrador is as a president of Mexico and the comments that he has repeatedly made, not just in this most recent press conference, but For years now, Mexico has not had a president like him for decades, a leftist nationalist president who is willing to stand up to the United States. This shows how AMLO is taking Mexico in a new direction with his progressive fourth transformation that he calls it, which is a left-wing nationalist vision for developing Mexico as an independent sovereign state It doesn't want to take orders from the US. Now, yes, some people may say that leaders like Cuba's revolutionary president Fidel Castro, Venezuela's Hugo Chavez, Nicaragua's Daniel Ortega have all very vociferously criticized US imperialism, but there's a big difference. We're talking about a a neighbor of the United States. Mexico and the US have a 3000 kilometer border. Mexico for decades has really been subordinated to the United States. The US has really imposed its political and economic will on the country. Mexico is one of the top US trading partners and the United States is Mexico's top trading partner. So the fact that AMLO is willing to criticize the United States really shows how brave he is and how he's standing up for the sovereignty of the Mexican people in a way that a Mexican leader hasn't done probably in 80 years since Cárdenas. Lázaro Cárdenas, the leftist nationalist leader who nationalized his country's oil and railroads and kicked out U.S. corporations in the 1930s. AMLO himself has repeatedly honored Cárdenas and referred to himself as a Cárdenista following in the path of this leftist Mexican president. But I also think that we can understand AMLO and his fourth transformation by going back to the history of the Mexican Revolution itself in the 1910s, in which there was a massive popular revolution in the country against the landlord class, this kind of feudal parasitic class that were descendants of Spanish colonialists. So I just want to conclude on that note, pointing out that Amlo very much is drawing from the legacy of the Mexican Revolution in defense of his country's sovereignty. With that, I'm going to conclude here. I'm Ben Norton, the editor-in-chief of Geopolitical Economy Report. If you like the work that we do here, you can go to geopoliticaleconomy.com support, and there's several ways to donate. The best way is you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash geopolitical economy. We have no institutional support and no big donors. We rely entirely on small donors, listeners and viewers like you all. And whatever platform you're on, please consider subscribing to help promote our material in the algorithm. I want to thank everyone. I'll see you next time.